Welcome to Calling Corporates, a podcast about bringing finance and tech together. I'm Alice Ramsey and I'm here to call up leaders in finance and get the inside story on their best practices so that your organisation can get the best out of tech. In this episode, we speak with Fulgro's group controller, David Alexandre Guez, about the transformative path he's led the company through, from HFM to Tegetic, complete with Power BI on top. We go deep into the journey and gain some amazing insights into what it takes to bring about such a powerful change. And then you get to the end of the year, every light is green, everybody's okay, everything is perfect, and you jump off a cliff. It's a real pleasure to be talking to you today, David Alexandre. Now, you're the group controller at Fulgrow. Could you tell us a bit more about what your role involves in your own words? Sure. Um, so group controller is really about ensuring the integrity of the financials of a group, okay? And uh, and since we're a listed company, uh, it's quite public, uh, we're scrutinized, uh, so, so we try to make sure that we give a correct picture, a realistic picture of, uh, of the group towards financial markets, uh, regulators, but also internally uh, towards employees and the management, obviously, at every level. Now, uh, this is the, I mean, I'm the group controller, but I don't do this alone, right? So in Fugro, there is uh, more than 150 controllers throughout uh, the group. And uh, and also there is a group control team uh, of a little less than 20 people in uh, in Leidsendam in the Netherlands. And, uh, and that's a team made of uh, chartered accountants, system accountants, uh, business control professionals, uh, transactional finance professionals, and FPNA, financial planning and analysis uh, professionals. So that's kind of a wide array of, uh, of finance capabilities. Uh, and, and probably uh, if they listen to this, I should say it's a center of excellence as well, of course. And what part of the role energizes you the most? What's, what's getting you up in the morning? Well, for me, the team is really uh, where I get my energy. Uh, uh, it's a dynamic team. Uh, they are all uh, very motivated to to bring uh, value to the organization through uh, basically providing meaningful data, making sure that we focus on the right thing, uh, represent properly each business, uh, you know, so that we we know which are the business which are performing and which are the ones which are not, so we can help take the right uh, the right decisions basically. And you're working on an international scale. Are you working all in one location together or are you spread across the globe? Yeah, so the group control team is based in Leitzendam, next to The Hague. But we work closely with the, with the other controllers in the region. So we, we, we have a, we're in 60 countries in four regions. Uh, so each region is organized uh, with, uh, with its own set of controllers in, very, in various countries in and the regional controllers uh, at the top, if you want, and we work with uh, with all of these together. So Fulgro is all about unlocking insights from geodata. Can you tell us a bit more about what that actually means? Okay, so I, our clients, they want to build uh, assets on the face of the earth, basically. 
So it can be building a tower or uh, laying a cable in the ocean or building a bridge or install a wind farm offshore. Okay, and to do so, they need to know what are the conditions, what is the environment. And it starts with the ground conditions, okay? How is the ground made? Uh, what's in there? So th we provide site characterization services where we come and scan the ground, for example, and we provide data books to our client and say, that's what's in the ground. And then you can design your assets, okay? But I mean, if you're offshore, you also want to know the currents. You also want to know the, uh, the, the, the height of the waves. You want to know the, the, the dominant winds, uh, directions, uh, all of these environmental data, we call geodata. That's what we provide to our clients for them to build their assets, right? And then once they have built their assets, we also provide asset integrity services. So we monitor the assets, we make digital twins of the assets, and we, we can uh, foresee, if you want, how the asset is going to behave so that the, the clients can also plan properly their maintenance. That's also what we do. Now, it's, indeed, it's a little complex, but when you think about it, it's pretty easy, right? We're helping our clients uh, to, to build assets on the face of the earth. Wow. So what's one of the most interesting projects that Forgrows worked on while you've been there? Like my mind's going to out to some massive oil rig or some huge building in Dubai or something. Indeed. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. So the Burj Khalifa, uh, Fugro <gasps> was, uh, was involved on it at some point. Yes. But also uh, yeah, the wind farms that you can see uh, offshore Scotland, uh, offshore the Netherlands, uh, offshore uh, France. Uh, Fugro uh, is working on, on, on some of these. And Fugro is all around uh, in, uh, in, uh, on the ground in the Netherlands. Uh, if you pay attention, you will probably uh, uh, see a Fugro uh, truck or a Fugro car uh, uh, around uh, your, your, your house uh, once a week, probably. The Burj Khalifa, that's so exciting. So moving along now, we're here today to talk about the finance transformation which you have led at Fugrow, taking the organisation from using HFM to Degetic and then building a Power BI on top of that. To start right from the beginning, what prompted this project? It's very simple. HFM uh, was uh, coming at the end of its life. Yeah, then uh, then you have to start thinking about uh, about going to the next uh, the next software, um, and we didn't want to be the first ones, and we were not the first ones. But you you also don't want to be the last one, right? So that's what we did it. Uh, we did it a couple of years back. Uh, so we were a little ahead of the curve, probably. Fantastic. So how did you select to get it? Uh, yes. Yeah, so, so what we did uh, basically we had the beauty contest with three software providers, with the help of Satrion. Uh, three very different software providers, and uh, we, we we gave them a couple of business uh, situations, and uh, so so that they could develop a proof of concept, uh, if you want. And uh, and yeah, we we spent uh, I think we had six hour sessions uh, with each of them, uh, looking in, uh, in in very much detail uh, what was the best uh, the best solution fitting what we needed, and in the end we concluded Tagetic was the right one. So I would love to hear all about the implementation journey. What along this long road has gone really well and what have some of the challenges been? So indeed, there is some complexity in Fugro. We have 20, roughly 20 service lines, which means 20 different types of businesses uh, in, in our own business uh, through uh, 60 countries and four regions. So yes, there is some level of complexity. 
that we need to address with the tool. So after the selection process, um, you know, it's I think it's pretty standard. We had to design the data model with the help of Satrion. Uh, this is a rather centralized thing. We used our data model from HFM, enriched it uh, a little, of course, uh, and uh, and then moved on. And then you go to data migration, and and all the all the likes. Uh, you have to design your reporting, uh, and you have to plan the training, which is a very important uh, part, of course, because you want good adoption from the from the users and quick adoption okay so so yeah we we had a couple of teams uh, traveling to every region uh, was a nice roadshow uh, giving two days training to every controller so every controller was trained face to face in a group of let's say 10 12 uh, sometimes 20 let's say uh, but two days with satrion people and fugro people in the room to make sure that the really they would uh, adopt the, the tool uh, as quickly and as, uh, as well as possible. And of course, we had to have a regular communication throughout the group to make sure that everybody's on board and, uh, and following what is happening, right? And then you get to the end of the year, every light is green, everybody's okay, everything is perfect, and you jump off a cliff, basically. And then what happened? And, uh, <laughs> and then, of course, it doesn't work as planned uh, because that, that is life. Then we, we, we were in trouble for the first close, the January close. It took us a week to close. Normally, we close in a, in a day. Um, so it was a bit, uh, a bit of, of panic uh, uh, on board. And it, it, is a, it was in the middle of Q4. So we're working on Q4 uh, because we have to publish our results, okay? And the January close is usually the worst close of the year because you do it as quick and dirty as possible because you want to finish the Q4 close, if you want. So anyway, it didn't went well. And um, well, this is where uh, I measured how important, I measured that I was happy to have Satrion as a, as a partner, basically, because they, uh, they mobilized extremely quickly. They were with us for the full week. Um, like we were their only client, if you want. I'm sure they, they, they were busy someplace else, but they were able to mobilize uh, the team uh, and help us go through uh, the issue. And then we closed properly. And uh, yeah, the next close, they were also there. And the next close, they were also there until basically everything was uh, was uh, completely under control. So yeah, I would say these, these projects, uh, they are never a walk in the park. Um, there are always a few things that do not happen the way you wanted them to happen. People don't talk about this very much because it's never very pleasant. But I mean, I would say this is where you need to have uh, basically the right, uh, the right partner, the right integrator with you uh, to, to, to stand with you and face uh, the issues. Yes, it's so true. When it's, it's when things get tough that you really realise how important it is to have the right partner. So moving now to building the Power BI on top of Togetic in order to harmonise how data is consumed and to prevent risks with security rights to the data, could you tell us a bit more about this step of the process? So look, it is a very interesting solution indeed uh, because Power BI uh, has been adopted very quickly by the business. I think in, in many, many companies today, in just a few years, uh, everybody is using Power BI. It looks nice, uh, it, it is rather user-friendly, the results is perfect, etc. 
So this solution uh, helps uh, basically using Power BI to access uh, live tag targeted data. Uh, and what is interesting is the dynamic security, meaning that if you're a country manager, you only you only get access to your country data, and you don't get access to to the neighbor uh, the neighboring countries. Okay, and if you're the regional manager, the regional director, then you get the whole region. And if you're you're at group uh, level, of course, you get the group. And if you just have one service line, if you want uh, throughout the whole group, then you can get access only to this throughout the, the countries without accessing any other data and uh, without also any additional work if you want because this is basically the, the targeted security that is used so you don't have to do it twice you once targeted is set up your users uh, have this uh, this security uh, uh, in place for the power bi thing okay and that's why we went for it now at the moment, it's a bit early because we implemented the solution a couple of months ago, but we are still uh, trying to debug uh, a couple of issues with the infrastructure. So we did not uh, really roll it out at the moment. We have a few users uh, using it, but it's not uh, used throughout the group as, uh, as I would like it to be. And as we are planning to, to make it work in 2022. So uh, that's so much I can say at the moment, if you want. Looking ahead to the use of technology beyond financial reporting, so for things like lease accounting and tax provisioning, what benefits do you see of really leveraging tech here? Well, um, indeed, you know, we need a few, uh, a few different uh, softwares. Uh, you need a software for IFRS 16, so what you're saying, the, the lease accounting, we needed a solution for that. Uh, we need a solution for tax provisioning. I mean, like every other company, okay? And you can have different solutions, but it's a bit messy then because you need to sort out the interfaces. You need to sort out the training uh, and to, you know, get to know all the, the, the different systems. Uh, there is some extra complexity if you want. Here, uh, we chose the, the lease accounting solution first, actually, yeah, with Targetic, and then only we took the CPM, the, 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 the financial reporting. And now we are uh, adding tax provisioning to it. We developed a tax provisioning module, if you want, uh, internally with the help of Satrion. Uh, and, and then we have only one platform. So we have one platform, it's one administration, it's one set of settings. So it's the same conventions throughout, uh, it's the same master data. Uh, so, so it's also a lot less training, okay, because uh, once you get to know the ecosystem of, uh, of targeting, then you're fine, okay, uh, it, it becomes intuitive. And it's probably also um, better communication, if you want, between various people, the tax people, the accounting people, the, the business controllers, because they're all on the same platform, right? So, again, yeah, there's no one-size-fits-all, but, uh, but this solution was working well for us and we, we're happy to, to integrate, if you want, everything inside uh, Targeting today. It sounds beautifully efficient. And as I understand, it's a significant mind change that needs to occur for people to use this tool. This really is a tool that will take people into the future. For us... Um, uh, it was also a leap, if you want, a leap in the future uh, when we implemented targeting because HFM was the first 
software that was uh, implemented throughout the Fugro universe, okay? Uh, five, seven years ago now, maybe eight years ago. And uh, before that, there was no software. And I heard stories about consolidating on Excel and stuff like that, but that's probably not, uh, not uh, well on that. Uh, so HFM was implemented from the top, and uh, it was a light implementation. If you want, there were all controls were done from the top. So if you want, from the bottom, when data was coming in, there was no real control. So you could you could submit data which could be uh, a little inconsistent at the lower level, and then at the group level we would check the data and make sure they work. Okay. Now when we implemented Tagetic. We wanted to push down these controls throughout the whole organization. So there's a whole logic, and that's that's the financial logic, of course, which has been implemented through the organization, where today uh, you cannot submit any data which would not be consistent with each other, if you want. And we have secured the whole reporting structure, thanks to Tagetic, uh, uh, in Fugro. I'm not saying HFM could not do it, of course, but that's not the way we were using it. And now that's the way we use targeting. So it was a big change for everybody. And in the beginning as well, yeah, people needed to adapt, of course, because yeah, I'm clicking on, I want to click on the button, but it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work because this does not reconcile with that. So first you fix your problems and then it gets to the group. And this helps us, uh, of course, uh, feel a lot better when I was talking at the beginning about uh, financial integrity. Yeah, it provides a lot of comfort if you want. So once the adjustment is made, there are considerable gains to be had. You've talked about Satrian a couple of times in our conversation. Could you tell us a bit more about how you've experienced working with them on this phenomenal implementation journey? So I came from abroad uh, in, in, in the Netherlands and I didn't really know uh, the various partners. So at the beginning, I heard a couple of companies uh, to look for a partner and uh, indeed I selected Satrion because I was looking for a partner who would be heavy on project management and not only on technical resources uh, and that's really how they came across uh, I was looking for a partner who would stand with me now they are system agnostic so they implement uh, uh, various uh, uh, softwares uh, so they this for me was also uh, good because it means they, they, would, they would be with us and uh, having only our best interest in mind, if you want, not trying to implement one system more than another one. And uh, they were with us from the beginning. So uh, I mentioned earlier the, uh, the proof of concept that we requested uh, the software providers to do. They helped us develop it. They helped us uh, rate uh, these, uh, these softwares with uh, a very objective scale if you want to make sure we would identify the right solution and then yeah they were with us uh, uh, from 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 the get-go and until the end and well as we were saying uh, uh, for better and for worse uh, through thick and thin uh, uh, and and yeah they were there to 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 help uh, when there is an issue i mean casper has received a few calls from me uh, where the tone was very serious, I was like, "Okay, I need uh, here. We need we need you guys, and we need you tomorrow morning." And and yeah, they would uh, they would be available to react and, uh, and be there, and ready to face uh, the issue basically uh, with us. Reflecting back on this incredible journey from the preparation right through to jumping off the cliff, do you have any pearls of wisdom that you could share with our listeners, maybe for those who are on a similar journey or who are looking to embark on a similar journey? 
I think I already, I've already given you so much uh, of my wisdom. I mean, maybe uh, because you see the gray hair, you think I have more. But uh, for us, it was uh, it was uh, about uh, yeah selecting the right partner, training, communicating. But but let's say if I go a bit beyond that, um, it's also about having the right team in place. And this is something uh, that I learned a long time ago uh, in school, basically, which is that the the dirty little secret of management is that when you hire the right people, you don't have to manage them. And and, and I, I enjoy this every day. So important to enjoy every day. Before we round up, David Alexandre, is there anything else that you'd like to add? I look. I have no. I have no, nothing magic about this at the moment. One thing I really would like to do. Indeed, is statistical analysis, uh, uh, but it's not for for tomorrow. It's probably for after tomorrow. So, statistical analysis of the forecast would be about you know identifying at every level the performance, the forecasting performance of every uh, business unit, if you want, and consider their uh, confidence interval. See, you know how large they or how how sharp they are when they when they define a forecast. And then you build this up throughout the organization and you get at group level, uh, you get uh, also an interval of confidence where you should be by not adding all the the pluses together or all the minuses together, but by uh, trying what what we call a Monte Carlo analysis. So trying uh, to select randomly some of the uh, the upside and some of the downside. Then you get to a figure at group level and you say, okay, my forecast is 100 and there is 80% chance that uh, that I can get to uh, you know, 105. And there is, uh, uh, I mean, th- th- that's the way to look at it if you want. So that then you can, you can say with more confidence, I'm going there. Uh, you can guide the market with this uh, and you can also have more comfort internally. Uh, in the company about the figures that you report. So I would like to do that, but that's not for tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, as we as we discussed earlier, we want to implement CPM vision uh, throughout the group. And we will also come back a bit to basics and, uh, and, and look into um, our budgeting and forecasting capabilities. So that is tomorrow. And once we're done with these, we get to the fancy uh, statistical analysis uh, stuff. And it will be exciting to see where that fancy statistical analysis stuff takes us. Thank you so much, David Alexandra, for giving particularly honest, thoughtful, deep insights into this journey. I'm sure our listeners will really benefit from this conversation. Thanks for listening. I hope we've left you informed and inspired. If you're interested in talking with Satrian about how your organisation can get the best out of tech, visit satrian.com. And I'm looking forward to revealing more insights in the next episode. So make sure to subscribe to Calling Corporates on your favourite podcast channel.